Would you consider yourself a true crime junkie? No, I don't usually watch those type of shows. There's a lot of people that do, and a lot of people who listen to podcasts about true crime. Yeah, I mean, those are usually the most, like, popular, like, serial and stuff like that, right? Well, serial is true crime, but I would put it in a different category than most of these. For a show like Dirty John or Dr. Death, I used to get those two confused because they came out at similar times. You center around these morally bankrupt characters who do these terrible things. Does, but does the show sometimes try to, like, validate it in some sort of way? You do get moments where they try to make these characters seem human, but more than not, these are the villains of the show. The Dirty John character you are not supposed to feel bad for at the end of the series. You were, as the audience, supposed to feel like his death was warranted. For season two, because the first season just followed the podcast on television, they switched to USA and they decided to adapt the Betty Broderick story. What was it on before USA? It was on Bravo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Um, I mean, that's almost a step up then, right? I guess. Their viewership numbers are actually lower this season than they were in the first season. They were averaging over a million people, and now they're less than a million people. But they decided to take a story that wasn't um, new. The podcast had really brought this mystery about of the of John Meehan, uh, the character who it was focused on, yeah, and really brought it to light. While Betty Broderick's story has been done a ton of times, whether it be through interviews, books. They even did two Lifetime movies on it back in the 90s. Wow, so this isn't like a new case or anything like that. Yeah, were you surprised when you were watching it and it took place in the past as opposed to the present? Yeah, I was very surprised because I thought that Dirty John, I had no idea what it was about. I I came in cold. I thought it was going to be like an action show and then it ended up being this weird kind of drama, mystery, like courtroom type of show so it was odd yeah you came in there really blind then yeah i had no idea yeah if you weren't aware of the podcast beforehand you would probably not have any idea what the show's about besides the trailer the first season had connie Britton and eric banna and then this show has uh what's his face uh, Christian Slater. Christian Slater. I think yeah. it has the girl from Legion. I wasn't sure, but I was pretty yeah, that's sure the that girl was her. from Legion. She plays the person that Christian Slater originally has an affair with, but then ends up marrying. Uh, yeah, and then there's Betty Broderick. Uh, does, uh, Christian Slater or Dan? Let's refer to him as Dan from now. Yeah, on. Dan. And then the girl's name from Legion is Linda. Linda the, is the secretary or receptionist who he cheats on. Yeah. With. With. And yes. then, uh, of course, Betty How did Broderick. they present her as a character? Linda? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was odd because, like, at very first, she was just kind of... They portrayed Dan and Linda as these, like, sane couple because they're showing Betty doing some pretty um, outlandish things at the beginning of the episode. Like what? Give me give me well, an example of what they show example, Betty doing. Betty has um, two daughters, and one of the daughters is graduating... And so Betty goes to the graduation, and then uh, she's really kind of jealous of Linda because she didn't want Linda there. Because when the daughter ends up walking out, she hugs Linda instead of Betty. And then Betty gets really mad at her daughter at the graduation and at, like at this after party thing, goes up to her and is like, why'd you hug Linda? And she shouldn't be here. And she I got mad at her daughter and not at Linda. Yeah, not at Linda. And, okay. But 
she does end up like starting to take pictures of Linda and Christian Slater at the party to kind of try and intimidate her, uh, Linda that is, and so you're like, okay, and that's back when cameras were ginormous, right? Yeah, I mean, she was carrying this. Like, like this is not some hidden iPhone that she's it, clicking. Yeah, on. it was a Polaroid. No, no, she wanted Linda to know that she was taking pictures of her. Okay. But then by the very end of the episode, <laughs> Linda turns out to be this like really evil like. You know, really? Yes. Yeah, so she's not one-dimensional. No, no, she's not. Okay, because I heard a review that kind of said that they weren't very happy with how Linda was presented because they don't feel that she got enough like screen time to really show her side of things. Well, how many episodes does this have? This is well, you watched nine. episode six. Yes, I did. And I think there are eight episodes altogether. That would yeah, that would make sense because this episode was able to. I would assume if I was watching the series, it got a lot done. Um, it kind of was this big courtroom trial thing for Which, like half the episode. Yeah, we're gonna get into the courtroom yeah. thing because that I assume is the finalization of her divorce. Yeah, it was. Uh, I have name. I think it was a settlement property um, type of like thing that they were going to have to figure out because Christian Slater was again getting a divorce with Betty. Now, and when they showed the courtroom with Christian Slater, does Christian Slater do a good job as coming off smug and arrogant, or do they try to make him seem? Like he deserves to like how how is they, that whole they give setup? it they give it a little bit of both I mean you're definitely not supposed to be one hundred percent in his camp but you're also not supposed to be like oh I absolutely hate him but in terms of which side you're on you're on Betty's side for the most part told from the point of Betty yeah okay she does some pretty ridiculous things though. again you have to give examples because in yeah, real life I, she did some crazy stuff yeah well and, and that's that's the thing because at the very end of this episode they came out with something that said um some scenes and characters have been dramatized for you know dramatic effect and stuff what she ends up doing though is th- this is a huge case this is like i'm sure what the season had been building to since the very first episode i think they've been building for something else but yeah well, go ahead. well yeah but like the courtroom thing is i'm sure what propels the next couple episodes and Betty, instead of getting a lawyer because she's afraid of, like, the money that it might cost, decides to defend herself. Now, I assume that that probably did happen, but it was yes. still just like, why, why would you do that? Like, this is such a big case it's for you. It's been lambasted as one of the worst decisions she could yeah. have made. Yeah, and they definitely show it um, in this episode because there were a lot of cringe scenes in the courtroom. What do you mean by cringe scenes? There was a lot of scenes where... Um, she would have to ask the judge just questions oh. that she could ask uh, Christian Slater. And there was a lot of scenes where, you know, the other lawyer would jump in and be like, you know, objection. And then, the you know, I would compare it to Marriage Story, because remember when Adam uh, Driver and Scarlett Johansson were both starting their divorce and they wanted things to go well? Yeah, they wanted things to go. Smoothly. So he wasn't even that concerned about the lawyer he was getting. But by the end, he realized that they definitely needed, like, hardcore lawyers right. in order to get things done. Yeah. Even even if you're in good relations with the person you're getting a divorce. Now, these, these, these guys these, these people were not in good relations. Yeah. So the idea of just going in there blind... Uh, and and yeah. but you do kind of feel sympathy a little bit for Betty because like at the very beginning of the episode she meets this character named Sid Montgomery. Now Sid Montgomery kind of knows about the case. He works for this newspaper. He's trying to kind of help her, um, you know, tell her side, and she wants to get this story published in time for when the judge makes the decision on what he's going to feel. Uh, so what is the judge's ultimate decision the judge's ultimate decision is about a who gets custody of the kids 
in the end, in the end, this is at the very end of the episode. But in the end, uh, Betty loses everything that she wanted. Basically, <laughs> she uh, wanted custody of the kids. She doesn't get custody of the kids. Christian Slater gets custody of the kids because not only is Christian Slater let's call him Dan because that's sorry, his name. Sorry, the Dan. Show. Yeah. yeah. Not only is Dan a lawyer, he has a really great lawyer with him, so he knows all the ins and outs of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, did it mention how he got through law school? Yeah, it did. Uh, Betty ended up paying for his law school. Law school, possibly med school, raising all her kids. Right. And, and that's why she's considered a vulnerable character for her husband to basically dump her for just some kid. Right. And that's why. And that's what this episode kind of like tries to show that she's a good person for. Mm-hmm. But she wanted to be paid a million, just kind of in reparations, and ten thousand uh, dollars a month for the rest of her life. Uh, and Christian Slater was like, no, 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 we want $9,000. I'll pay you $9,000 a month for the first year, $5,000 for two years after that. That should suffice you. And uh, that's what the judge is kind of in favor for. Well, uh, did they bring up something called Epstein credits? Yes, they brought up Epstein credits. And did you lot. understand what that was? I Yeah, for a little bit. It's basically... When uh, an Epstein credit, from what I was reading, is the idea that if throughout divorce proceedings, and these divorce proceedings lasted a really long time for Betty's case, mm-hmm. the one party ends up paying the majority of the dues owed by both parties, then they can apply for a discount from that price for what they end up having to give in alimony or whatever later. If they end up splitting up, yeah. It, at, well, after the divorce is settled completely right. like that that money can be discounted from what their total would normally be otherwise and he his claim was that he had spent so much in these epstein credits uh throughout that divorce proceeding paying yeah, off the house I, and such it was something that, crazy like yeah, a crazy amount that all the money that betty would have been entitled to basically was just taken off the board yeah i mean in the end uh, the epstein credit that betty owned dan was on a scene amount like seven hundred eighty seven thousand sixty three dollars which means she would have been entitled to like that million but then it or or something very high but then it was all taken off it was deduced to twenty eight thousand six hundred and six dollars and two cents so which even at that time was still not not as much money money. no not as much money because of like this was in the 85 or whatever that's probably like a yearly to two yearly salary for and for someone as uh, rich in lifestyle as they had been uh that probably didn't amount to much and again that's kind of what i was confused by because it does show that uh betty is not in the best day in terms of a emotionally and b financially but again and i know that this is real life and this is more credit to this show than anything else but it's like I would definitely get a lawyer or something, like, not defend yeah, you're going yourself. back to the lawyer. I, I, it's just because it was such, like, an unbelievable thing because, you know. That actually happened. Yeah, yeah. That, that actually happened. How do you think that Amanda Peet did as a disgruntled or angry divorcee? Or? I, I thought she did good, but is this, like, a show that is nominated for Emmy Awards? Because it felt like it. Like, it felt like she, she was trying to give, like, a really great performance. Like, interesting that's I, I wasn't thinking about it that way um she has been both acclaimed for the play and then also some people say that she looks too pretty almost to be in the, like she's constantly eating but she's thin as a rail and that's not yeah like, i mean they do show her at a couple like restaurants throughout the episode but i wasn't just paying attention to that yeah yeah 
Um, Christian Slater, again, has gotten pretty good reviews about how he's come across. In the Lifetime movie that was made about this same issue back in the 90s by the guy, someone who was in um, Family Ties, Meredith Baxter, she got she did win an Emmy. Or no, she got, was nominated for an Emmy, wow. I think. So, yeah. Uh, and people really liked her edition of it. So you do have some fans who uh, aren't who are as on, happy about like, this. Yeah, who are on one side and the other kind yeah. of, right? Yeah. I mean, what I saw, I, I thought that everyone did fine. Um, again, it's hard for me to kind of judge Linda's performance because I like Legion. I like her acting. But it was just... The thing is, is that at the very beginning of the episode, um, Betty gets this thing in the mail, and it's a uh, newspaper column. And then on the newspaper column, it has a threat on it uh, that basically says, "Eat your heart out, bitch." And then you're—it's supposed to be kind of like a mystery, but it's obviously like Linda. And then I, I think that happened though. Yeah, but, in real life. But, but I don't know if Linda was the one who sent it. Yeah. Well, it's also like. Linda's at this restaurant with um, someone who likes Betty, but, like, also knows Dan. And uh, she's like, maybe you could, like, return some china that uh, Betty is really looking for, and then it would be an olive branch. And Linda's like, no, I don't want to have an olive branch. In fact, I might break that china. And it came off pretty hokey um, compared to the rest of the episode. Hmm. But Well, I do know that Betty is no saint. She definitely did a number of things that just sound ludicrous. She's actually thrown into jail a few times because Dan has reported some of the stuff she did. They showed that in the previously. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she drove her car through the front door while her kids were in the house. She burnt his custom-made outfit, clothes, suits, whatever, out in the front yard. They were constantly arguing... She would tell her kids, uh, and I don't know if all her kids are included in the series. She had three, she and then she one passed away. There was four actually. Yeah. But. Oh, I think that they only mentioned two, and uh, they show that Betty isn't the best parent. Like she kind of grounds her kid um, for you know kind of sneaking out, and it's unclear if the kid was really drinking or not. But she's just automatically like, yeah, you're grounded, and doesn't really want to you know pay attention to the youngest kid. And again, who goes up to your uh, person or your daughter who's just graduated and starts like badgering her about the fact that her ex-husband brings uh, her girlfriend to this graduation? Like, that's not something that you should do at all, especially if you're supposed to be really happy for them and propping them up. So, so you were good with the casting. Uh, one of the things that I find really interesting about people is their fascination with evil. So, or that we would at least call this family dysfunctional. Yeah, it's, it's shown as that. Definitely. But what do you think the whole cultural, like, <laughs> obsession is to sort of watching this stuff? I think that a lot of people may either find, like relate to it on some type of level, or they. Or do you think they the opposite that they? I don't was I was also to. gonna say that they might like to see people in worse positions than they are, uh, mm-hmm. when especially when it's something this big, you know, about like custody over kids and money that you should be paid and and everything like that. It could definitely be an opposite effect of that. Mm-hmm. So where do you see this story going? Well, at the end of the episode, the very last thing we see is Betty buying a gun. <laughs> and oh, I can great. only assume that that's either going to be for Dan or Linda or both. or You're really not supposed to know what she's going to do, but it's obviously going to not end up great. Okay, so she's mentally frustrated. They do show in real life that 
Dan at certain points was gaslighting her and manipulating her, especially when she first was suspicious of the affair that was happening, trying to make it seem like nothing was going on. Right, yeah, and yeah. And, and they definitely uh, homage that in the episode. You see a lot of Betty trying to, like, force Dan to admit the fact that this affair, like, ruined their marriage, but whenever she does, she gets emotional, and that was always when the lawyer would jump in and say objection, and then the... Um, the uh, judge would end up saying sustained and that happened like five times in a row at one point so mm-hmm. the show has a decent rating on imdb it's uh got this episode that you watched is in the eights yeah i assume it would be so you liked there. it yeah i mean for the most part i, w- I wouldn't watch it but well, i, I enjoy when you say you wouldn't watch it like wouldn't you want to know what the final two episodes would do well yeah what the final two episodes would do but uh i'm not always for like build up yeah one of the complaints is that by picking such a um, well-known uh, story, something that people who were around at that time in the 80s and, and remember 90s it, yeah. would remember the details or would have seen the Lifetime movie, something that's been already shown on TV, the television That's very screen. popular, yeah. The problem with that is that like, you don't get the same sort of surprise that you would with the first season. Spoilers warning for anyone who hasn't seen it, but when John Meehan attacks the Newell family, specifically the daughter in the end, it comes across as such a shock, and the way they shoot it is basically how it's told in the, in the podcast, and no one really sees it going to that level of violence, and when it does, it, like that I think makes the show. Yeah. Otherwise, without that, it wouldn't be anything very interesting. It, it would, would just be just like be, this yeah. this con man who came in there and manipulated and took money and then left. But no, this it amped it up. But coming in with a story like Betty Broderick, you're taking a risk at losing that same sort of mystery yeah, because I mean, so, so many people are aware of what happened. Well, I, I'm you also have people like me who aren't aware of what happened and still don't know what happened. But mm-hmm. yeah, whenever you take something popular, like I'm sure that's what making what made, made making a murder so like crazy was the stuff that they were able to unveil because people didn't know about it. Exactly. And without getting into what happened happened, this is so famous that uh, Betty was on Oprah. Betty was represented in a Law and Order episode. <laughs> uh, it wasn't OJ or Michael Jackson famous type things, but at the same time, it was at in the '90s probably One a household cases, name. Yeah. Yeah. So since you liked the episode, the pacing wasn't a problem. Yeah, it wasn't a problem. I thought it was going to be, but when, you know, we were 20 minutes into the episode and we were already at the court scene, I was like, oh, okay, this should be pretty interesting. I mean, this should be the bulk of the episode, and it was. Yeah. It's strange that they decided to keep the same name, Dirty John, because it didn't focus on someone named John anymore. Yeah, it, and that was one of my, like, not complaints, but like nitpick things it's like i don't understand why it's called that anymore i guess when you call someone john doe like a a dead body john can be spliced in with any kind sort of crime and that's what they were kind of betting on keep that audience from the first season put it into the second um do you think that it's going to get a third season it could i could definitely see it happening like it's it's an anthology series so every season is a different storyline 
they just need to keep on amping up the same type of cast. They yeah. need to get someone like you got and, Eric and, Bana. And they did get, I think I mentioned this maybe, they did get Connie Britton to, she was still an executive producer in the episode. So hmm. I was, that was... Yeah, nice. that is interesting. I didn't know that. Um, another thing is that, were there any flashbacks in this episode? Because I know earlier on they did have two storylines, one of Dan and Betty first meeting. And then that was different characters, and then later on in their life, when no, they, they went to shit. There was there was no uh, flashbacks in this episode. Mm-hmm. In the episode, I'm sure this is true to some extent. One of the things that they do to make Betty empathetic is she goes to one of these Holt meetings, and Holt meeting stands for Help Abolish Legal Testimonies, and that's for people who have been divorced, and it's kind of like an AA meeting where people go up and say their whole entire. Uh, experience and you know get people to hopefully like clap for them at the end and everything and betty goes up and she starts to give a speech for like one minute and she like is making everyone laugh and making everyone sad so they were definitely showing that she is like a people person and is able to like get empathy from people is she an extrovert uh i would think so yeah how soon after that meeting did she go by the gun Oh, well, that happened, I think, about 15 minutes in the meeting. And, again, the gun was the very last scene. And that was only after she lost the trial. Yeah, after she lost basically everything. All right. Well, they got divorced in 1985. And the the gun is not a Chekhov's gun. So... Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, that, but anything that happens with violence for any character comes along a lot later. So there's still a good amount of storytelling, I assume, that has to be told. And there's only two episodes left, so it makes you wonder how they're going to do it. Well, I, I think they'll find a way. Like, they did it all in the Lifetime movie, right? That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I thought pacing would actually be more longer or longer than it needed. Like, I thought the story may have gone too long, like boring. No, it, it never was boring, boring. But then again, I probably wouldn't watch the first five episodes because I imagine it's kind of a slow burn type of thing. Maybe. The thing about true crime podcasts that I'm always really wary about is that they can be biased, but presented in a way that makes you feel that you're becoming an expert. Like it can be shown the facts. You can be shown the yeah, facts I'm... in a certain way that is just misrepresentative. And you can watch a full documentary, a Netflix documentary, and think, okay, I got a full opinion on this. And then listen to a podcast that brings it like brings other things to oh, light. Oh, very easily. There's always like a ton of different sides, and I'm sure that's kind of the case with stuff like um, Tiger King and maybe What the Health and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I don't know if Tiger King is true crime. It's more, I mean, there is crime and it's true, but it's more... Well, What the Health is a, is a food documentary, so I wasn't really talking about crime, but I guess mm-hmm. meant documentaries in general. Yeah. The, 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 I'm bringing back to Dr. Death. With something like that, I don't think there's anything you could say that would bring the the Dr. Death character into a more uh, sympathetic light. The way that he's presented is just crazy. So it'll be interesting to watch the TV show. It's going to star Jamie Dornan, (laughs) which is also a very interesting casting choice. And it's just another instance of a podcast making its way to TV, like Homecoming. But why a show like Dirty John makes me think is because we have come into this sort of 24-7 news cycle world, right, where we constantly need content. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the reason why true crime is that content is because it's almost like news. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But it's so interesting how, like, the droid... I want to know whether the human psychology behind it is more about the drama that people are interested in 
or does the fact that it is true make it just more entertaining? And I have one last question. If the scene in court wasn't representative of a real court case, do you think that audiences would find it as compelling of a watch? I don't think so, because one of the things that made the episode so interesting was Dan wants to have a closed proceedings in the court, and Betty wants open proceedings, and in the end, if she had gone open proceedings, uh, it wouldn't have been a good parenting decision, because if anything bad were to be released kind of the press, it would show that she wasn't in a good state to have custody of the children, and so that's why they ended up going with a closed proceeding and it's things like that that make an episode or like that make actual facts about it entertaining to watch so you think like real writers wouldn't be able to make something like that up is that what you're saying well yeah i mean or they probably have a hard time doing so i imagine yeah it's like that rick and morty sketch where they actually played out the dialogue of a court case some of that stuff can feel like it's scripted because of how crazy it gets but it actually is just perfect for on-screen entertainment yeah again popcorn entertainment kind of like stranger than fiction almost Uh, how so I meant stranger than fiction, like the quote, not the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Well, I think that without giving any more spoilers away of what's going to happen, if you don't know, then we're going to have to still cut it here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. Well, that was today's episode. We'll see you next time. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.